This AIM Hometown Innovations podcast is sponsored by Reedy Financial Group, PC. At Reedy Financial Group, our goal is to help our clients succeed and prosper. We make it a priority to evaluate and understand each individual client's financial needs and goals, offering practical and creative solutions that accomplish our client's objectives. We achieve this by taking a comprehensive approach to all governmental financial advisory services we offer. This allows our team to empower our clients through education, evaluation, and guidance on the financial landscape entrusted to them. It is only possible through the relationships that are built with local units of government, professionals in the industry, governmental trade agencies, like our partners at AIM, as well as the very core of our team. So come and see what the RFG team can do for you. To learn more, visit ReedyFinancialGroup.com or contact us at 812 522-9444. Welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. This podcast is designed to offer insights, best practices, and innovative solutions for the challenges facing Hoosier cities and towns. Each edition will offer ideas and inspiration while showcasing the talent and commitment of Indiana's local leaders. Enjoy the program. Welcome, everybody, to Ames Hometown Innovations Podcast. I'm Matt Greller, and today we've got a repeat guest on the podcast. Uh, Denny Spinner is the head of the Office of Community and Rural Affairs for the state of Indiana. You all know Denny's former mayor of Huntingburg, Indiana, former president of AIM. Uh, great to have you, Denny. Thanks for joining us. So always a pleasure, Matt. Thanks for having me back. Just to make sure everybody's up to speed, um, just give your okra elevator speech. Uh, what is okra? What what's it do? Make sure everybody knows the acronym and and what your mission is at the at the state. Well, the Office of Community and Rural Affairs is okra O C R A, and we are a division of the lieutenant under the lieutenant governor's uh, uh, family of business, along with uh, housing, agriculture, and tourism are all part of what the lieutenant governor oversees. And okra. Is, is focused on community and rural affairs. We, uh, we reach out to uh, a lot of rural communities, but also uh, as our, our net is kind of expanding on some of the programs, I like to, to think about community as, as, as can be anywhere in Indiana. But we are mo- most likely known for rural affairs. And, and really, uh, we're, we're kind of, a, if you think about the foundational work that we do, it's, it's to strengthen communities at that core. Water, wastewater, stormwater, public facilities, blight clearance, those are the types of programs that we're most most recognized for. And, and we do distribute all the community development block grant uh, monies that come from HUD to Indiana. That's the, the number one uh, 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 program in our department for many, many years. Uh, and most recently, uh, since in the last year or so, last two years, also we've taken on uh, through the legislature and the, and the governor's guidance and the lieutenant governor's guidance, the, Nash, the uh, Next Level Connections Program, which is the broadband. And, that, and I see that as a, a natural <laughs> part of, of infrastructure for communities now, for rural communities to be successful. Uh, water, wastewater, stormwater, uh, those things are just as important as broadband. Broadband is one of those elements that has to be there for, for any community to be, uh, to be successful and to thrive and, and to grow. So uh, having broadband as part of our portfolio in, in Okra is, is, I think, a real natural fit for us. So we've talked a lot 
uh, you and I have talked a lot, the legislature's talked a lot, the governor's talked a lot, the lieutenant governor has talked a lot <laughs> about broadband, the money that's coming. Um, I just saw a press release this morning that the deadline for the first round of grants is fast approaching. What, uh, what are the early signs? How many applicants? What are we looking at? Well, uh, you know, the, the, the NLC3 is where we are right now. The first two rounds under that original $100 million allocation that the governor put out and the legislature approved, that went through. And then this two, the latest legislature put out $250 million to, to continue for NLC3. And again, this is the program that's primarily having providers look at where areas in the state that are unserved or underserved and making uh, uh, letters, uh, submitting letters of interest to our department saying this, this is areas where we want to serve. Uh, we had uh, 48 different uh, entities submit letters of interest to, to OCRA about wanting to serve Hoosiers and that covered over 14, 140,000 addresses in, in Indiana that, that our providers are seeing as either being unserved or underserved. The total grant request amount was six over six hundred million dollars. Wow! So that tells you what the need is out there, Matt. I think I think that's really uh, something that's going to be a challenge for us. Uh, not only you know with a two hundred and fifty million dollar budget, you know obviously some of those areas. What we're going through right now is evaluating those uh, submissions. As you might expect, there may be two or three providers submitting in the same area, so there is some overlap. So that number will will drop significantly but basically there were 89 of the 92 counties there were submissions to to serve uh in in rural areas uh, what are what are the trends is it um you know remcs is it traditional providers is it new entities well it's it's across the board i mean uh, i think round one and two man i think we saw more of a i, I would consider them as the 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 local uh providers were more active in the first two rounds but i think uh, as we go into round three and the numbers keep growing, uh, we've had a lot of uh, submissions by the larger players. Uh, the, the Comcast, the AT&Ts are getting more and more active in, in, the, in the, uh, the process. But you see a lot of really good uh, support at, at the local level. A lot of the, you know, I, uh, being from local government, uh, the, uh, the, you know, I think nobody knows the, the landscape better than those who live in those areas. So we're seeing a lot of the of the REMCs, the telcos, the the, the local providers um, seeing an opportunity to to serve in those areas. And from the experience that we've had in the first two rounds, they're really getting. The, the 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 applications are getting a lot more refined and they're 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 i think it's an experience for all of us going through a three rounds of this now as we're seeing uh, a little bit more focus and and, a, and a really trying to hit the hoosiers that that need this service the most and and part of this program that that's going forward that's kind of new to this this third round something that that we we've talked about is the the indiana connectivity program which is the first time that we've seen this approach come from the consumer side rather than the provider side the providers are doing a great job of identifying uh areas that that they see as need but under the, the the legislation that was passed and we're now implementing this indiana connectivity program is the first time that individual hoosier businesses individual hoosier households are are having the ability to come in and put their name on the list that we can try to find a way to to serve them and that's that that that, that first deadline for the connectivity program is coming up very soon and and we've got some very good numbers on that as well 
So it might be a little too early to, to talk about this, but I'm sure you've thought about it. Congress just approved an infrastructure package, what, a week or so ago? Yes. And as a part of that, there's a, another major component for broadband in there. How is that going to interface with what we have already? Well, we're, that's that's really been a lot of discussion uh, at the State House over the last two weeks. We've had, uh, there's, there's really a, a several rounds of funding uh, coming out of the different uh, federal packages that directly relate to broadband. The uh, the Capital Projects Fund uh, it has got broadband money in it. That that has already been approved prior to the Infrastructure Fund, and there's about $200 million in the Capital Projects Fund that are related to Indiana as it rate goes directly to uh, broadband and, and, uh, and connectivity issues. And then the, the package that was just signed, there's another at least $100 million uh, coming there. So there's there's been a lot of discussion, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, what we need to do is, is, is continue on the path that we are. And I think we're, we are refining uh, what those, those target areas are. Uh, the specifics of each of those programs are being, as we read those reports coming out of, of Washington, D.C., we're trying to match that up to where Indiana is well. One of the things that the legislature was very clear about in, in their initiatives was that we don't want to, to, we want to spend federal money where it's best to spend the federal money and, and use our local, do, our dollars, our Indiana dollars in the best way that we can. So trying to find where those matches are and where those overlaps are is really what one of the big tasks that we have. But it, 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 it is exciting and challenging at the same time to think about what the, op the opportunity is and, and the goal uh, that both the governor and the lieutenant governor and the legislature have said is that, that to get Hoosiers served. And I think that we're, we're, we're figuring that out. And again, that, that connecti Indiana Connectivity Program and the uh, Future Subsidy Program are both ways that we're, we're finding new ways to do this. And the, um, the unique thing about what we're doing in Indiana is the fact that there aren't any programs like the Indiana Connectivity Program going forward. Uh, there's no other state taking that approach. Yeah, over the weekend, <laughs> uh, you've met this person. Yeah. My counterpart up in Michigan emailed me, and <clears throat> he saw a, a readout of what we were doing, not only with broadband, but with Ready and Community Crossings, and he just me, forwarded me the, the copy and said, is this real? And I said, yeah, it, it is real. So you're right, Indiana is way out in front on a number of these sort of state-local partnership programs that have been tremendously successful. So I like to pick on the legislature sometimes, but uh, not in this case. It's it, been uh, well-received. Well and I think it was, it was one of those things that, uh, as I look back on it, that the discussion made sense of why, why shouldn't we be doing this? And then asked, after it was passed, and then we started, you know, I, I've always taken, when I was mayor, one of my approaches was I didn't have original thoughts. I looked at what else anybody else was doing and said, well, how do we take that and apply it to what we're doing? Well, we were fortunate, uh, adding to our staff here recently, Roberto Gallardo from the Purdue Center for Regional yep. Development has come on and is, is kind of our interim director for this program. And Roberto's, uh, you know, a voice nationwide that people recognize as a leader in this, this, this field. So when Roberto came on and we started looking at these programs and, and he started touching his national uh, 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 relationships and saying, well, how are, how are you doing this? How is And we found out that really nobody's doing it the way Indiana is going to be doing this. And that's, that's again, both challenging and exciting that we're, we're taking a new approach. And the thing that I really like about it, and I think that, that really carries a lot of weight, is it is involving individual 
businesses, individual uh, homes, individual students, giving them an opportunity to have a voice in the process, which, which is what local government is all about. Having that individual local voice in the process is very, is very, uh, very much a, a direction that we're, we're, we're trying to, to, to meet. I mean, that, and that's, that says a lot about where we are as a state, and, and we have a lot of eyes uh, on what we're doing, and I, th- I think we're going to be able to carry it out because we, we've got a, a, a great, uh, great team working on it. You know, and I think, like your community, Huntingburg, you know, you're, we're all in the race for human talent, right? Mm-hmm. And get people into our communities. And if you have programs like this working and providing fiber or whatever it might be into a community, you know, your son or your daughter might move back to Huntingburg and work remotely in whatever job there is, even if it's stationed in New York or LA or wherever. And I think that's what we're after. And even if you can get three or four people to move back to Huntingburg or to Huntingburg and live and work there, that's a huge win for the state, especially when we see the latest census numbers where a lot of rural communities in the state are, are not growing. We want to reverse that trend. Well, I, th- I think, again, this this is going back to the earlier statement. This is, this is just as important part of a vi- vital community, this broadband connectivity, as, as yep. any other utility that we have. In, you know, if, if you're, you're, you're trying to attract business or individuals to be in your town, they're going to say, well, you know, what, what's the school system like? Can I get reliable utilities? And can I get connectivity? And I think one of the one of the things that I say about that was when before the the pandemic we kind of used this well you can work from anywhere and it was kind of a throwaway line and it's no longer a throwaway line it's we've experienced that you can work from anywhere yep. so how do we as as an agency that is focused on on a lot of rural areas how do we give these rural communities the tools they need to really be in the game. And I, I, I truly believe, and the Lieutenant Governor says, has said this to me, and I, I believe it as well, I think Indiana's rural communities can lead the comeback for Indiana because of the investment that has been made in quality of place and quality of life across the state. I, I'm, I was aware of it as a mayor, but I'm even more aware of it now as I travel across the state. There are so many communities that have, have a, a great groundwork ground game ready to go and if we can add to that and give them more tools to do that i believe that 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 uh, rural indiana is going to be an exciting place to be uh and and you you're not going to give up anything to be living in a rural community in fact you're going to gain so much by being in a community that that gives you different opportunities than 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 you're used to in a, in an urban area, perhaps. Who wouldn't want to live in Huntingburg anyway? That's right. I walk to the yard, go <laughs> see a concert in the, in the park. Right. Yeah. Visit your uh, your suburb, Jasper. Yeah. You know, yeah. All those good things. <laughs> well, enough about broadband. Right. What else is happening at Okra? Well, we've we've had some some changes in in the last last year, and I, I'm really excited about some of the positions that we have uh, going strong. You know, one of the reasons that I was at Oak Row is because Huntingburg was a stellar community. That was kind of our one of our core programs, and and as we we had to suspend Stellar because of the the pandemic, it was the right thing to do to to kind of suspend that and think about where we were and use our resources where we're best. But we've kind of realigned and we've created a, a department in in Oak Row now called Strategic Initiatives. Under, and and one of our, our 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 leading programs in that right now, we're we're going to be making an announcement in the next week about the Help program, which is the Hoosier Enduring Legacy program. We've had some great applications on that. We're in the reviewing process, 
And the whole idea about this is when when we talked right after the, the ARPA money came out, Matt, one of the things that AIM did with Okra and with the counties was have this workshop says, what what do we need to do? And we heard loud and clear that, that local communities were looking for guidance on how to best connect the ARP funds that they have with maybe projects and funding that this traditional funding in Okra. How do we connect that and make good decisions about future projects in Indiana and future projects? So this HELP program, the Enduring Legacy program, was, was what we came up with as a kind of a bridge between what Stellar was and what Stellar can be. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to meet the needs of communities right where they were to, to have them go through a process where they can determine what is the best way to leverage this this one-time influx of funds. So uh, we'll be announcing in the next uh, week or so uh, who will be participating in the HELP program, and that's under d- the new area of strategic initiatives, which Andrea Kern is our, our, our director of that. Falling under that, we've realigned Main Street is, a, is one, I think, one of the most vital programs that, that can, can be a, a big part in, in, in revitalization of, of, uh, of our communities. And the Main Street program is now under, under Andrea as well. And the, and the Preserving Main Street program, which is a pilot program that we, we lo- we're launching this year, where we're looking at a way to continue to tie with historic structures, historic preservation in downtown, because you can't recreate that. You, you've got to save what is in these, these great downtowns across our state, and how do we combine all that together? So we, we launched the Preserving Main Street program. Uh, Kendallville and Brook, uh, Brookville are the, are the example, the, the pilot programs for this. And we're going to take a good look at that as a program that we can extend and, and give, uh, you know, these, these smaller towns a way to uh, really focus on what is important in their downtowns and not only saving what's there, but, but look to the future and meet the needs as they go forward. What about housing? What's going on on the housing front? We've got a couple of new pro. Uh, we've always worked with uh, housing as how ICDA and Okra were great partners uh, through the Stellar program. Jacob Sipe is, is does some rem- wonderful things at, at IHCDA, but we're we're also having good discussions on the on the Lieutenant Governor. What what programs seem to fit better with Okra than maybe IHCDA? So. One of the programs that we're, we're working on now is the Owner-Occupied Rehabilitation Program is now coming uh, into Okra. That, that is a program that we're, we're, we're utilizing now and, and really doing a lot of work with uh, finding those homes that, that need uh, revitalization. We've, we've got four uh, communities that are part of that program that are, are going to move forward as a pilot in that as well to help us set the groundwork on how do we make those, again, I, I look at that as a indiv- almost down to the individual basis. If, For example, one of the communities in our OOR program is Austin. And I was t- spoke, spoke with the mayor of Austin about this at, at one of the AIM roundtables, and he said, we're, we're going to do 15 homes. And you think about, well, that doesn't sound like, but 15 homes where, where people are going to be able to stay in their home and reinvest and, 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 and revitalize maybe a neighborhood. If that home is safe and secure and, and can, can continue to have a family in it, that helps the whole neighborhood. So yep. if we can do 15 homes in Austin that, that make a difference, it's going to make a difference for the home community. So that's one of the programs that we really see as, you know, the, there's a need for, for new stock, but there's so many good homes that are there that could be a part of that housing solution as well, that if we can help that, we can, we can do a lot of good things. Good stuff. Um, you're approaching your one-year anniversary <laughs> at, at Okra, I think, in early December. Right. 
So what, uh, what's been the, the best part, the most fun so far? What's been the most challenging? And uh, if you want to throw in an embarrassing, funny story, <laughs> do that too. Well, uh, you know, again, back, back to the, the, my, my work uh, at AIM uh, uh, was, was very much essential to where I am now because uh, I got to know uh, community leaders across the state through this organization, Matt. You know, the, the going to, the, to the, the Idea Summit and just meeting local government leaders and the relationship that I naturally had with, with mayors was something that was very, very much a part of what I'm, I'm, I'm doing now. But I've, I've gone places in Indiana. I thought it was a pretty good about where these things are in Indiana, but I have found some, you know, I, I was more city focused as the mayor, but these towns that, that I've been able to go to and see, and one of the, one of the highlights and I, I, was I got to go to deliver a check to Universal Indiana. Yep. For a wastewater project, I mean, Universal is probably uh, less than a thousand people. I know, way, I kinda, less, yes. way, way less than a thousand people, and we were able to deliver a, a grant of about a half a million dollars to to do their water system there and to to, to be in that community and see the impact that that has on on that that you know there's there's something that's special about that, and that's yep. that's really one of the things that I I really get a lot of. Uh, uh, gratification about what we do as a, as a, as a, as a, as an agency. Uh, I, we're a small agency when it comes to the personnel wise from, from the state. We, we have a staff of about 25 to 28 people, but I tell my staff every, every time we meet, you know, I think that the, our agency has had a chance to change Indiana communities more than any other agency in the state, because we do have that one-on-one -on -one connection with those communities. So that's, that's the exciting thing is I get to see those things happening in, in communities across the state. The broadband uh, project is just, just amazing. Uh, one of, one of the, my, maybe one of my top experiences was we, we went into uh, Henry County and we, we didn't do a ribbon cutting. We did a, a fiber splicing. <laughs> now I was scared to crazy about doing this because I was didn't want to plunge Henry County into darkness. They were giving me tools to, to splice this fiber together. But So they showed me how to do that. We did it. And then we, we drove a quarter of a mile down, down the county road to a, to a, a family who had a, lo a business in their home whose, whose mother was living with them, whose kids were all trying to, to do distance learning. And they were ready to move away because they just couldn't do it. But we connected that fiber and walked a quarter of a mile down the street and they said our lives have have changed because now they have that connectivity yeah and you see that on a, on a daily basis matt and and it's just you know the, the excitement of they wanted to be in that rural area they wanted to be where they were they were native you know, hoosiers they wanted to be and and live and work in an area that they could do and if we can make that difference it's it's pretty exciting so uh uh, it it, it kind of gets me going every day that I can, I can, I can come tell. in. And <laughs> I know I get excited about it, but you know, and but there's a lot of uh, the thing. The thing is, what we're doing too is I think we block and tackle pretty well. You got to be able to block and tackle to win. That's what's one of the fundamentals. And the the CDB B program has been a part of our 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 DNA at Okra for for all these times. Uh, Christmas Hudgens is our new uh, CDBG director, and we're doing and she's doing a wonderful job of we're we're. We're trying to, to make sure that we get the message out to to those who are involved with CDBG that there's only limited funds, that there's ways that some, some people are going to get grants at some times and some aren't just by the nature of the program. 
but we're doing a, a really um, we, it's, it's a priority for us to to work with the communities who may not have been successful in this particular round and give them the opportunity and the tools to come back and have a better chance of getting funding in the future. So it's a process. It's not a, I don't like to see it as winners and losers. I like to see it as those who have an opportunity and the next opportunity might be yours if, if you continue to work. And we want to create those relationships with our local government leaders and, and say, there's going to be a chance sometime for us to maybe help you in a project that's, that's important for your, for your community. Well, yet another example why I think uh, local government officials have been so successful in the, the Holcomb Crouch administration. You mentioned block and tackle. You know as your time as mayor, if you're not plowing the streets, fixing the potholes, it doesn't matter what downtown revitalization project you have going on or new park project or anything like that. And I, I hope that experience is carried over. I know it has for you in this role, and I think that's to be appreciated and uh, why things are going so well. Uh, we're probably just about out of time, Denny. What uh, what thoughts do you want to leave the, the audience with from Okra? Well, I, I think one of the things that I, I kind of go back to broadband, I think one of the things about that Indiana Connectivity Program that I would like to share is that the, this first round is, is coming to a close, but there's going to be continual rounds of that. And, and if you, you go out to our website, if you go to, the, to, to find the, the portal where you can sign up, I think it's still very important that this is going to be an ongoing process. So we're going to continue to surface people. So if, if there's one thing I could share with, with local leaders, you know better than anybody who's not getting broadband service because you, you probably see them in the coffee shop. or you're, Especially you're going, recently. Right. You're, yeah. going, you're going to see them and they're going to go, well, how come I can't get service? Well, I would ask them, you know, be, be proactive and say, go out, put your name in the portal. And, and we can, then we got somebody that we can go out and reach out to and, and maybe assist. Now, just because you sign up doesn't mean you're going to get the service, but at least we know you're out there. And some numbers that I, I wanted to share with you is that in, in the portal right now, after, after our first round, we've had over 2,700 individual names come up that, that are people who are seeking that connectivity. Wow. Uh, a, a 19, over almost 2,000 homes of, of identified as K through 12 homes, Two, over 2,000 homes and over 3,000 teleworkers. Yep. That, so those, those numbers are the numbers in that first round. And, and, and we want to continue to surface those people. It's probably still just the tip of the iceberg. And we, and we feel it's just, you know, it's, uh, th those who have been engaged in these kind of processes before. So for, for every one that signs up, there's probably seven or eight more that haven't signed up yet. So if, we, if we're looking at 2,700, I mean, take that and you can multiply that out. And there's probably, you know, there's hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of Hoosiers that are needing this and just... I thank you for the opportunity to talk about this because that's that's what local leaders can do, Matt. Is if they hear those questions, you know, direct them to to this portal, direct them to a site that says hopefully we can get them some help on that. So that that's very vital for what we're doing right now. We'll do. Thank you, Denny. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks for leading the charge at Okra. Thanks for being a part of our hometown innovations podcast. And we'll talk to you next time. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Matt. This AIM Hometown Innovations podcast was sponsored by Reedy Financial Group, PC.